Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. All right, so having begun in the Spirit, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 is the verse that, that Chuck opened up with in the book of Calvary Chapel Distinctives. If you're... If you're tuned in online and you're you're wondering what book are we talking about it's right on the front of the website all you do is go down to the bottom it says calvary chapel distinctives you click that it's a free book and the the chapters that we're in tonight is is having begun in the spirit and the supremacy of love uh second corinthians chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 says not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us but our sufficiency is from god who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So one of the things that we have to talk about is being uh, wanting to see a movement of God happen. And, and a lot of times when people, you talk about Calvary Chapel or you talk about the Jesus movement, if you bring that up to somebody, they don't know what you're talking about. Most people don't. If it's their first time walking into a Calvary Chapel, they don't know it. I know for us, 10 years ago, when we, or back in 2009, when we showed up at, at Grace, I had no clue what a Calvary Chapel was. Uh, didn't understand anything about the Jesus movement. Um, and you may be watching this online and you're thinking the same thing. And so the Jesus movement was actually a, a movement from the Lord where the Holy Spirit began to uh, allow the, the, the church to begin to minister to the hippies and the hippies uh, begin to come to know the Lord in massive numbers and, uh, and, and so it began in, in California in Southern California Pastor Chuck and Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa was part of that initial movement and guys like Greg Glory and Dave Rosales and uh, Raul Reese and, and, and the Lord just put people in place mike mcintosh and uh and these guys led by the spirit went out and you know greg started doing uh evangelism and and you know these guys started planting churches and and so that was a movement that happened back in the latter part of the 60s early part of the 70s and what does that have to do with us today and so one of the things that we need to remember for us as as a calvary chapel the work that has begun in the Spirit continues, but the work is for us here in Divine. Uh, we are Calvary Chapel, but what we need to be praying for is a movement of God to happen here in Divine, not to focus on what happened in the past. Because I think sometimes what happens is we go, man, that was amazing what the Lord did, but the Lord wants to do more. And what happens is people can get, eventually a movement can get into a rut. And that's what Pastor Chuck talked about. And, and meaning that the fire is not the same as it started because they got comfortable. Uh, and, and honestly, Calvary Chapel, in a lot of ways, they don't step out the way they used to. And what I mean by that is, is we need to understand that the Lord is using different means. We still use the same gospel we just use different lures to fish um and and so what when, when we have ritualism it's it, it's nothing more than a rut is what pastor chuck said and the only difference between a rut and a grave is the length and the depth we see the energies of the church expended and life support systems designed to keep a corpse still gasping for breath and so what happens is sometimes we'll have ministries that are on life support ministries that we're trying to keep alive and we need to let them go and god wants to do a new work so that means that that there are going to be times we're going to talk about rest this weekend because that's how the the scripture opens up as we get into mark chapter six 
But one of the things that's very important is that when we, there are times when you would come out of a season of ministry and God is calling you to do something new. And that's okay. Um, there are different seasons for us. And one of the things we can't do is to try to keep a ministry on life support. Uh, and, and what that means is that we're trying to keep it alive in our own strength. In our own strength. We need to let it die. And, and so for us, as we look at that movement of Calvary Chapel, what I believe is what God is trying to do is a, a movement here of Calvary Chapel in Texas and throughout, uh, throughout our, our state and into divine. But we have to be willing to take that step of faith where the Spirit is calling us to go. Um, and, and so that's a, that's a hard thing for pastors. We get, we get comfortable. Um, and, and so for me, I know, you know, we took a step of faith to plant the church in the middle of a pandemic. And the church stayed open. We, we've never closed this church, and the church ain't going to close. Um, we don't have a problem. If you want to wear a mask, you come in wearing a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. If you, I don't care that you're vaccinated or non-vaccinated. That's none of my business. But I will tell you this is very important as a as a movement we've seen a lot of division come from this stuff political social and and you know through medical stuff you know at the end of the day this is a pulpit for the word of god that's what we have to remember right it's a pulpit for the word of god and in order for god to move we need to preach the word and and you know i would tell you for Calvary Chapel, one of the biggest things about the movement that hasn't changed, that does never need to change, is our verse by verse, chapter by chapter, teaching of the Word of God, sticking to the context of Scripture. And I would tell you that about whether or not you get vaccinated or not. The same amount of, of, of diligence you put into the Word of God, you should do that studying the information that's out there. And then you make the decision based upon, you know, what God has given you to do. Now, I'll be honest with you. If you come to me and tell me that you need a religious exemption, if you tell me that it's because you've been convicted not to get the vaccine, I will gladly sign a religious exemption for you. But we have to remember at the end of the day, it's like I'm not here to play a doctor from the pulpit. I don't need to know your HIPAA information. And, and at the same time, I don't, I don't need to know how you vote. What I need to know is that do you, are you going to allow the Holy Spirit to move you, to mold you, to grow you? That's the most important thing. All this other stuff is just other stuff. And so what we want to do here at, at Calvary Chapel Divine is we want to see a movement from the Lord. We want to be able to get involved and get, get into the community. And, and honestly, one of the things that, that I had thought about was, you know, possibly doing the radio, but that's not going to happen. Uh, it's just, the, the, you know, at the end of the day, I think we're going to be more, more in-depth of, of reaching people by actually getting out and getting into the community. That's what we need to do. We have an opportunity to do that with the Cactus Fest. Now... Fun part about the Cactus Fest is it's a secular thing. It's not a church thing. There's going to be alcohol being served there. But we're going to be in the kids' corner over here by the church. This is where all the kids will be. And so we're going to be doing balloons and stuff for them, face painting and stuff for them to do. And, and so for us, it's an opportunity to say, hey, we're a church. We meet right here on Sundays. And, and also to get to meet families and the community and so that's something that i think is very important i just feel like at the end of the day to do radio it, it, it which is very important to me if the person's not doesn't care enough to build a website for the radio because one of the things that that hit me was teresa was listening to um 90.9 right and there was something on uh that really stood out to her in the teaching and she went to the website, was able to find the time, who was teaching, and then got to their website and was able to actually finish listen, listening to the rest of the teaching. You can't do that from this other radio station. 
So what's the point of it? Like if you were to you were to catch the radio station and hear us, you wouldn't know where to go. You wouldn't know who was speaking. You wouldn't know where. And so I was like, you know what? We're done. And so the spirit, you know, I, I really believe that that's what God had placed on my heart that, you know, this is not the time. You know, this is not the time. And it's okay. You know, at the end of the day, we want to be led by the Spirit. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 says, Then he said to me, This is my word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by my might, nor by my power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And so one of the things that we see is Zerubbabel were to complete the temple, and it would not be a result of, of human strength, but by the supernatural empowering of the Holy Spirit. Same thing that we saw with Nehemiah. Nehemiah, the, the wall was built because that's what God had placed on Nehemiah's heart to do. And God, he took that step of faith and God placed things in place for him to be there. And we saw that, you know, in, in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 18, and it says, And I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good, and also of the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. But, the, but when Samballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite servant with Geshem the Arab heard of it, they jeered at us and despised us and said, What is this thing that you are doing? Are you rebelling against, uh, against the king? And then in verse 20 it says, Then I replied to them, The God of heaven will make us prosper, and we his servants will arise and build but you have no portion or right to claim in, in uh, Jerusalem. One of the things that's very important is he's saying, that, look, the, the hand of God is upon me to do this. We don't step out in our own. If we step out in our own will, it's not going to end well. You know, we, we have to be led by the Spirit. And, and being led by the Spirit means that you actually spend time in God's Word. You spend time in prayer. You spend time, you know, seeking direction. And, and so I think that's one of the things that we, we definitely see uh, a need for more in the church, you know. Um, there, there is a lot of fear. People are struggling with massive anxiety and fear right now. And, and it's really sad because it's like, I love Galatians chapter 3, verse 3, because it says, Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? And I, I'm going to say something that's very important to all of us. Maybe it's time to turn the news off for a little bit. Because I have family members that are struggling with fear. And, and if, I, if, if, if I belong to God, having begun by the Spirit... What's going to happen is if I, if I allow that fear to continue, it's going to push me to the flesh. And we need to be very careful with that. It's like we have Jesus Christ. And we'll get into what should happen with us as, as believers. You know, it's very important for us to understand. It's like there should be joy. There should be hope when they talk to us, Right? So, you know, when people are coming into the church, there are times when they're struggling through something and we need to be available to them to be able to talk to them about Jesus. And about, about you know, and I, I really do believe that the Lord puts that spirit on you when it's time to pray for somebody. That's why I always ask personal questions. So I know y'all probably think, man, you're getting up in my business. I'm not. I need to know how to pray for you. As a shepherd, that's my job. And so that's why I want to know how, you know, surgery went. I want to know how, uh, you know, the business is going. I want to know how the new job is going. Those things are important to me because it, it, when I have my prayer time and I'm praying for y'all, I know how to pray, right? And so it's, it's important. I want to be led by the Spirit here. And at the same time, I, I, I want to make sure that, you know, that... And I'll be honest with you, I, I can tell you, I, this, this job has shown me, and it's not a job, it's a calling, has shown me my shortcomings in, in a massive way. And I'm not talking like 
I'm talking like, hey, there's still some growth that needs to happen. Like God has shown me. I was looking at First Peter chapter 2, and it talks about putting away, right? Putting away the things of the flesh. And Colossians does the same thing. And it's like at the end of the day, if we're going to be led by the Spirit, we need to put those things away. In meekness and humility, I'm saying, Lord, I can't do this. So I'm, I'm asking, Spirit, lead me, right? And that's what I hope as us as church we do as well. Like at the end of the day, we're, we all have little things that we need to work on. And, and I believe that God is trying to still do that transforming work in each of us. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 through 18 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Isn't that amazing? Because you, if you want to have freedom from all the mess that's happening in the world, the Lord is Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Not fear. Not fear. And we all with unveiled faces behold the glory of the Lord are, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. It's, it's such an important thing to remember is like the work that's being done is, is the work of the Lord. The sanctification process for those that are believers is still happening. But there should be joy and freedom Knowing that we're His. And, and when you get into the gifts, having begun in the Spirit, because each of us have at least one gift. Some of us have multiple gifts. And uh, when we get into the gifts of the Spirit, you can see those that are defined in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. I'm just going to run through them real quick just so that way you all know them. The gift of prophecy is one of them. The message should always be evaluated by the Word of the Lord. Uh, this one has to be very careful. I will have people come to me and tell me the word of the Lord or God, the Lord told me or, you know, we've had that happen in church before. The Lord has told me this is what, and, it's, and one of the sad things is, is like the person's life doesn't reflect that they're living godly. And, and then you're like really based upon prophecy you're going to base it upon evaluating it by god's word you're telling me this is going to happen what does god's word say and if it goes against god's word is you know and so we have to be very careful with that and so uh base it that's why you know at calvary we're very very you know very strict on understanding scripture and and the context of scripture to to us is extremely important uh, because if somebody comes and tells me I have a word, word from the Lord, I need to be able to open up the scripture and say, okay, you know, what does it say? What are you telling me? And base it upon the scripture. In Acts chapter 11, verses 27 through 30, we kind of get an idea of how this works. It says, Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood, upon, uh, stood up, and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So how do you know it was true? It took place. It, it happened. And so the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and the Saul. So some people, like I said, will come and say, I have a word of revelation. I have a word of wisdom. I have a word from the Lord, but revelations are suspect and, and can be even dangerous sometimes. You know, especially if the person given it. And so we need to take that with precaution. Second is service, hospitality, or the ability or the gift of helps. Probably one of the greatest gifts in the church, because you can just do anything. You just jump in. And we've seen that here at this church. We've been really blessed with everybody who... On Sunday, everybody just jumps in and, and puts, because, you know, we have to tear down and, and set up. And so everybody just jumps in and does a part of it. And so everybody in, in some form has the gift of helps in the church. When we did the event uh, for the night of worship, we saw the gift of helps from everybody. It was amazing. 
And that's, that's, again, that's the Spirit of the Lord leading people to do those different things that God has put on their heart. Um, someone who has the gift of helps, you usually don't have to tell them anything. They'll just start doing it. And so, you know, that's court. He started doing sound. He didn't have any idea how to do it. He just jumped in and did it. And all. People jump in and start putting the curtains up. We're in a different spot now, so there's no curtains, but... You know, everybody does their part, grab the sign. They do every, it's, it's amazing just to see the, the, the work that's get done. But when it becomes you're clenching your teeth in service, then it may be time for you. You either need one or two things. You need a season of rest, or you may be needing to step out of that ministry that you're in. And what I mean by that is where your heart is, <laughs> you're just like, I, I, you're, you're upset. I've been there before. I was doing, we started helping out cleaning the church. We were doing, I was doing Wednesday, Sunday service twice, Wednesday service, radio. And then I started helping with the church and then I took on more stuff. And cleaning the church had become, it was, it had become a lot. And I knew I should have stepped away from it, but I didn't. And I remember that day that we had nachos. Somebody decided, let's do nachos. And they were from one end, because, you know, the kids running around everywhere. Nachos were from one end of the church to the other. And the person who did the nachos didn't do anything to clean it up. And I was upset. So I had clenched teeth. I was upset. And then we came in on Sunday, and... The, the, we have people that actually in our other church that would set up all the things that go in front of the chairs and we decided to put them a different way because nobody was doing them anyway and when we came in Sunday the person was so upset that we had rearranged it and then unfortunately me and my clenched teeth as he came forward to me I, I had to, I was like, dude, I can't talk to you. I had to walk away. And I walked outside because he kept pushing forward at me. And, and uh, court knows when we were in the military, in my mind was not thinking godly. My mind was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock you out, dude. And I, I was like, I just need to get out of here because I don't want to do that. I don't want to be an embarrassment to the church. And we went outside, and, he, and it, it continued, and he kept pushing forward at me, and kept, and I was like, dude, you just need to get away from me. And, you know, thank God Brandon was there. Brandon took me aside and said, let's pray. And guess what? We walked right in, and worship started. And I'm festering during worship and the Word. And then the Word starts hitting me. You know, I was sitting there pressing them buttons on the words, like <laughs> hitting it hard. When I was, I had clenched teeth, and I had to go speak with Joe afterwards. And uh, probably one of the best lessons I ever learned in the church. So first off, a church is not perfect. You're going to have people hurt you. Okay, and and you know the last thing we want to do is have somebody hurt you. That's not what we're here to do. Um, but when we have situations come up, it's very important that we be led by the Spirit. Uh, and, and one of the things I had to do is I, I had to step away from doing the cleaning. And, um, and I, I apologize to my brother. I learned so much from that incident. So much. Burnout. Uh, doing too much. Um, how to handle confrontation in the church because that was the first time I ever had confrontation since the military um, and I surely what came I didn't do anything yelling or anything but what was in here <laughs> it, was, it was not good and so God showed me a lot and I apologized to Joe I, that day I, I asked I was like Lord forgive me and I told my, my brother Alan, you know, we've been out to lunch a number of times. We've become really good friends. Um, and that's my brother. And at the end of the day, we both were clenched teeth servants. And the flesh comes out. And so 
we need to be careful with that. We're going to talk about rest this weekend, so we'll get into that more. Uh, next is uh, teaching. It's ex- being able to explain and clarify God's truth. And then we also have um, and, and, uh, exhortation, encouragement, being able to reproof and, and also provide comfort for someone. Uh, uh, giving, uh, and I've said this before, I, we've had somebody at our church where they, it doesn't matter how much they got, they just gave it right back out. That's just, that, that was their hearts. And, 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 and I've only met a few people that have the giving, <laughs> that, that gift, because that's a, that's a special person. Joe knows some people that, I mean, the guy actually donated a radio station to Calvary Chapel, Albuquerque. And, and I mean, but it, Joe said as soon as that guy would get money from the front door, he would just give it right back out. And, all. and that's just how his heart was. And, and so there is uh, the gift of giving. Uh, you have the gift of leadership and all. Uh, and I, I really do believe that's one of the gifts my son Matt has and all. Because the way he does things is, that's just the Spirit. Remember, these are all the Holy Spirit. Okay? Uh, mercy. Man, that is a, a, something that we need more than ever. Someone who has the gift of mercy, to have the compassion. They always are checking on people and, and always looking out and being there when people are suffering. They're just that type of person in the church. And you need that. You know, they check on people and they're like, hey, I want to, you know, how are you doing? They'll just call randomly and just, you know, how are you holding up? How are things going? You know? Uh, we need that, especially more today than we ever have, and all. Uh, words of wisdom. Now, they're able to reveal insight uh, through the Holy Spirit. And, and so it talks about that in James chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. If anyone of you lack, lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Uh, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. You have the word of knowledge, and that's actually, you know, the Logos. Uh, the Holy Spirit directs a revelation, and it's, it's um, uh, the best way is, is it can be through uh, a vision that somebody may get. Um, but again, if God has given these uh a word of knowledge then it, we need to we need to again base it off of what what's God word says um, you know they may have a, a word of knowledge on on somebody's healing or, or you know they may know hey you know what um, I, I think we had somebody who came and and it it's happened too I, I forget the actual thing that was said a word of knowledge on that there are going to be a certain amount of churches planted from from grace and that there were going to be challenges that would come wolves and sheep's clothing specifically and and it's happened and so it different different amount of churches and it's it's amazing uh, when those happen but then you need number 10 which is faith and that is the ability to discern yes i know quite a few of the women have that that I know, and that's a big thing. Uh, discernment in the church is, is needed immensely. We talk about wolves and sheep's clothing, you need that. You know, discernment on, on, you know, doing certain things. I mean, when I'm asking for prayer for something, you may have a word of discernment or something that, 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 that's been given to you, and I need to hear. And, and so I'll gladly receive it. And, and listen to it and pray over it and all. So that's very important as well. Um, healing. Now we've seen this happen actually at, when we were at the Ryan Reese event. And I actually, Ryan had asked me, he was like, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you go talk to the people that we prayed over a week later and see how they're doing? Two weeks later, a month later, I did that. So some of the people I knew that, that got prayed over and what's funny is I had one dude was like, man, I wish I would have had him pray for, for my, for my uh, not just my legs, but my lower back because my legs feel great. 
but my lower back is killing me. And I was like, well, we can pray for that now. But it was like he wanted to make sure because, again, you're, when somebody is, is praying and they, you're, you're praying for healing or restoration of health, you know, we'll always say, well, we'll pray for healing, right? But do we believe it? It's, that's the thing. With, you're lacking that wisdom because you're, you're questioning. The other thing is, is, remember that verse we gave you, I'll help my own belief, right? And Mark, very important. Uh, next is the ability to, uh, uh, you know, is, is also to, to see miracles, supernatural events happen. They do happen, um, and God simply is demonstrating His love and compassion for one who's, uh, who are in need, and, and it's a clear demonstration of God's power is greater than Satan's. And it, and it often occurs when a believer is proclaimed uh, God's message of salvation in Christ for the context where the gospel has not previously penetrated the, the person's heart and they've been held to or been bonded by demonic influence. And so people will pray. Uh, a lot of this happens on the mission field, this gift. Uh, this, this happened in Mexico. Um, and, and so a demonic... Uh, as they were doing their event, the, someone with a demonic spirit, they prayed and prayed, and then the guy ran, ran across the street in, almost, in, the, in the Mexico City. You can imagine the traffic in Mexico City. And they chased him down and still prayed for him, and eventually he came out of the... and, and is a believer now. So they do happen. The other is distinguishing of spirits. And so... That's the ability to, uh, to know the, the, you know, a certain message or a written message, something that is identified by the, the Holy Spirit. And, and, you know, it's, again, it's discerning uh, to, to prompt. It, it can actually let you know that something here is not right, right? And, and we need to be praying. There could be a distinguishing of a spirit. This is demonic. You know, it's something that God has given you and lets you know. Uh, and last is speaking in tongues. Uh, speaking in tongues, to me, uh, you know, I, I can't do it, and, and so I'm not going to sit up here and try to do the yabba-dabba-doo thing. I'm not doing that. But I believe, and this is very important, like for me personally, if someone's going to speak in tongues, there should be someone to interpret. Okay. And so if we ever do an afterglow and somebody says, if they get up and say, I need, I, I need to speak in tongues. I have something from the Lord. I, I, I want to speak in tongues. Then I'm going to say, okay, was well, there someone here to interpret? If nobody says anything, we don't have anybody to interpret, it ain't happening. So that's something between you and the Lord at that point. And so the other thing is, too, is speaking in tongues. We don't believe that as the Spirit moves that it should interrupt service. Uh, you know, that you should stand up and start speaking in tongues in the middle of service or in the middle of worship. That's, that's just going to uh, put more attention on yourself and not on, on uh, what God is trying to do. Uh, so those are the looking at what's begun in the Spirit. So what we want to do is we want to be able to exercise those gifts here in the church. So each of us have at least one gift, and it should be exercised where? In the church. In the church. And so having begun in the Spirit, we need to look at what God is wanting to do as we have begun a church in Divine Texas. Okay? I love Calvary Chapel. I love that they, the Jesus movement happened. I love seeing harvest and seeing people come to know faith and... I love all that stuff. But we need to look for what, outside these doors, what God is trying to do here. Okay? Uh, next chapter is supremacy of love. And, and John 13, 35 says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now this is very important because it's not about Bible knowledge. Right? Uh, the Bible's essential, but a, a loveless Christian that knows a ton of gospel is not really helping anything. Uh, and it goes back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we'll look at that. 
Because you're just that noisy clang. If there's no love in what you're doing, it undermines, it actually undermines the gospel. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11 through 16, I love this verse. It says, Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers as an example, and this is very important, in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And, and I think that's a verse that we should always come back to. Like, how is our, 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 when we look at our lives as believers, you know, one of the things I found that was crazy was I, I wrote a screenplay when I first came to know the Lord in 2010. I found it this weekend. I was shocked um, that I had it still. I thought we lost it. Uh, it was something that God had put on my heart to do, and I, I, I was looking at it, and I could remember the fire that was in me at that time when I wrote it. And what I mean, just that burning desire of wanting to know more Scripture, wanting to be, and, 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 and I had this verse in there. And, and I was like, man, you know, am, for me, is, am I still that believer that is wanting his speech and his conduct and his love and his faith and, and has purity? And, and I, like, again, like I said, there's things that need to be put away. You know, am I loving as a pastor? You know, those are things that we need to look at. You know, First um, Corinthians thirteen thirteen says, So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And then we look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 25. We talk about the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit, is, I love the, the first part of it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Right? Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. And so all of the, the fruit of the Spirit, when we think about that and, and walking in the Spirit, it's all bound by love. By love. And as we talk about the supremacy of love, it's something that, that is needed more now than ever in the church. You know, we look at 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7, and I've heard Chuck said it this way, you can just put your name in, in the place there as, as love is patient and kind, so you can ask yourself, is Mike patient and kind? Love does not envy or boast. Is Mike not uh, envy or boast? Is he not arrogant or rude? Does Mike insist in his own way? Right? Am I rejoicing at the wrongdoing? Hopefully I'm rejoicing with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's why he says in John 13, 35, by all this the people will know that you are my disciples if you love for one another. You love for one another. And that fruit of the Spirit is bound up by love. And that's agape love. It's a, it's a, a love where you're, you're doing something without any expectation of anything in return. You're being led by the Spirit to love. And that's why it says, it's like you can be the smartest person in the room. But in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 3, it says, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not loved, I gain nothing. It's that sacrificial agape love of Christ that we are supposed to be practicing. That's what the, the fruit of the Spirit is, is love. It's a byproduct of, of us tending the soil. Right? How's your soil? Has it gotten hardened? 
and gotten I mean you're not you're not tending the soil you got weeds coming up out of your soil because you you're not loving people It's like when people come through the door what they need is love We 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 have to understand that that there are things that are going on in people's lives that they they need to know that, that they're loved here. That they're loved here. And and I can tell you, you know what? If I if I've misrepresented that, I'm sorry. I truly I, I truly am. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to be a noisy gong. I don't care. I, I I'm not the smartest person in the room. I'll tell you that every time I'm not. And and one of the things that I want to do is I want to make sure we have that that byproduct of growth that produces love. That's why it says in Matthew chapter 22 verses 34 through 40, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, uh, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. And teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And he says, and he said to him, You shall love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first, the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And, I, and, and Jesus says, this is Jesus speaking, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. After, you know, after we read that scripture, one of the things that we have to ask ourselves is, is am I loving God if it's God first in my life? Because if I'm having a hard time loving people, there's a disconnect in my relationship with the Lord. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, and we know for... Those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. You know, one of the things we talked about is as we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, one of them is joy. Are we happy when we come in here? Is, are we joyful? You know, are we complaining? I... I Straight up, Sunday, I was frazzled. We came in late. We were running late. And, and this is one thing I need everyone, even in the, if you're watching this online or you're catching this later, those that are physically here when they come here, at 9.50, we stop whatever we do and we pray. I need you all to remind me of that. Because we get busy setting up, trying to, and we were having all kinds of issues. We were having problems with the mics. Um, the mics weren't working. We had to reboot the computer. It was just one thing after another. And, and within all of that, it's like it's so easy to lose your joy because of the circumstances. Right? And that's what Satan wants. That's what Satan wants. Um, and so, you know, we need to, we need to be uh, in, in a place where we're actually spending time preparing uh, to be here, to have joy. Um, and, and it's that joy that only comes from God. It's not from emotions and feelings. It's not based upon our circumstances. Right? It's not based upon our circumstances. It's like you see Paul and Silas in, in Acts chapter 16, uh, verse 22, and, and, and I won't go through the whole thing because of time, but they, they're, they're thrown in jail and they're singing worship songs and, and, you know, and then they're freed, you know, as the, uh, it says, but uh, in, in verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone... Uh, everyone's bonds were unfastened. And so the jailer is going to kill himself. And Paul says, cries out, don't harm yourself, right? But I love what it says. Is, is As the jailer comes to know faith, it says in verse 34, it says, Then he brought them up to his house and set food before him, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he believed in God. 
there's a rejoicing. That we rejoiced at the night of worship. It was a blessing. But they're saying that same joy should be filtering through the church here as well. Pastor Jim Calloway from, uh, well, it was Calvary Chapel, North San Antonio when he was there. Now it's Calvary New Spring. Pastor Jim Calloway said this. He says, love is the glue that ties together the church. And so one of the things he asked us, I remember him asking this question, is how does love tie together your marriage? How does love tie together your family? How does love tie together the relationships you have outside of church? And how does love tie together the relationships you have in church? If it's the glue that holds it together, is it starting to come unstuck? And so for us, you know, we need to look at, and even in our lives, just that one of the worst things is a joyless Christian with no love. They just, and, and it happens. I, I've met them. I, I, I've got people that I know that are struggling through what's happening in the world. And they, they keep, and part of it's their problem because they keep going through the cycle of, you know, the scrolling online. And they don't turn off the TV for a little bit. Sometimes we need to disconnect, Right? We really do. We just need to disconnect because it can, it can remove. You see what's happening in the world. It can just remove your joy because you're just like, what? And uh, You know, it's just one thing after another. It just seems like it's like an avalanche of stuff right now. But we have Christ. And so there should be joy and happiness in our life because it's eternal, right? But most of the Christians are not expressing love right now and, and they have no joy. And, and I, one of the things I think about is, is we do have, like a church, we have to be a church that has to say, you know what, we, we love you. We love you whether you're masked, we love you if you're not masked. We love you if you're vaccinated or you're not vaccinated. I love you on the left and on the right. It, you know, we're a church. And, and, it, and we have to rejoice that we have Jesus Christ. Now, we have to understand, too, when people come in and they're brand new to Christ, they may not have the same beliefs that we have. And over time, God starts moving in their lives. And we have to give them that time to grow, right? That's, that is something that's, I praise God that, the, you know, the Lord put men around me that allowed me that, to, to have those moments of, of growing and to be able to disciple me and pull me aside and love on me and say, hey, Mike, you know, I want to encourage you with this. You know, you may want to check in and, and start praying about this. And, and they, they, it was just, it was a joy to be around them. Are you a joy to be around? Right? Are we so stressed out? We're going to talk about stress this weekend as we... Those poor guys, they, when we get into the apostles, they come back from doing missionary work. And I thought, I thought about us. We just got done doing the event Sunday. Everybody was tired. You know, we were here Wednesday, Sunday. Everybody's kind of, you know. And I thought about us, and it's like they, they wanted to eat, but they couldn't even eat because the crowd was. And I was like, you know what, but we need rest. We need to take rest. It's okay to take rest. But we also, at the same time, you know, we... we we want to be somebody that is joyful and points people to Christ. And we do that by loving on them. Um, we do that by loving on them. We should also have the peace of God that, you know, as we talk about the fruit of spirit that's bound by love, peace should be in there too. We should be peacemakers. Oh, Lord, it's so easy for me to fight with somebody right now. Right? It really is. If we think about it, it is. If you see something online, you're going, what in the world? And it's your family member. And you're just like, what is wrong? And you want to say something, but you're like, do I really want to start something that is going to go on <laughs> for these long 
back and forth. I don't want to do that. So I had to start stop walking away from some of those things. Um, and so we want to be peacemakers. It, it's hard right now because everybody wants to know your opinion on everything. But guess what? They don't need to know. You know, they, they need to know the peace of, of God that exists in your life. Now, I agree. I, I think when, when you have that one-on-one time and you have conversations and you're getting to know people, perfect. Perfect. They know you. I, like when we go to dinner, I know y'all. And we have those conversations. We know each other. But when somebody's new and coming into the church, we don't know them. We need to, we need to understand that they may not feel the same way we feel in certain things. And we need to show grace and mercy and be peacemakers. Um, if something happens in the church, we need to be peacemakers. Um, and I've had, like I said, I had that, e- that, that event happen with my brother Alan. And God bless it, there were a bunch of peacemakers there that helped, helped bring peace. And we let it go. And I, that's why, you know, I love, we give big hugs. We love each other tremendously. We just had a bump in the road, both of us. And God used the bump to grow us. Were we peacemakers in the moment? No. But it taught us that we need to be. Because I wanted what my brother Brandon had. My brother Brandon was so calm and cool and was like, hey, let's pray, Mike. And I was like, dude, what's wrong with you? I was ready to shake him. But I was like, okay, let's pray. Those are peacemakers. Those are what we need, right? Kindness. Right? Kindness. That's another one. It's hard to be kind in the climate that we're in right now, right? But we need to be. Colossians 3 verse 13 says, Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, and as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive so as we're peacemakers, we also need to be gentle and kind. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Again, we're, we're bearing with one another in love. We, we have kindness and, and goodness. And, and Psalm 105 says, For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. We, we, we're meek. People, that's what we should be. Gentleness. You know, Numbers chapter 12, verse 3 says, Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all the people who were on the face of the earth. Think about this. I mean, here he is. This is a man who's leading the nation. And he's the meekest out of everybody. But who is he dependent on? God. Same for us. Self-control. You know, that's that's you know self-explanatory that we need to be, we need to be able to be disciplined, and and so all these things are bound by love. And and unfortunately, what happens is we we allow ourselves to to um, to let the spirit uh, be put put aside, and we start picking up the flesh again. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, it says, And those who have belonged to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step, or keep step with the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking one another, and envying one another. So we shouldn't be boastful. We shouldn't be um, provoking each other, right? So if we live by the Spirit, uh, we keep in step with the Spirit. We walk with the Spirit as believers. And that's why it says in John chapter 13, verse 34, A new commandment I give to you, that, I, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. That's hard for people. Uh, you know, love is a decision to seek another's best regardless of what your feelings are. That's hard. That's what agape love is. It's a sacrificial love. It's knowing, man, that person hurt me, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a peacemaker here. And 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 I'm gonna try to show mercy and grace and, and try to love. And you may get hurt again. I've had that happen before. Same person over and over. You know, and you just try to love one. 
it's hard it's not easy you know when when your toes get stepped on over and over again and so but at the end of the day one of the things i do want to pray is that as we talk about supremacy of love you know we can't do this without the spirit so that's what we need to remember um what i what i pray is as a church that we remember as people come through the door they need that peace and that joy because we don't know what's going on in their life we we don't know and that's why like i i really do uh maybe i ask too many personal questions y'all can tell me hey mike that's too personal or whatever but i do that because i really do want to know you and i want to be able to pray pray with you and so um great chapters hard chapters and so as, as we look at those two chapters that we were in tonight, just remember your, your application, you know, very simply, you can just go to the fruit of the Spirit, right? Two quick things. Uh, remember we talked about love is the glue that ties, ties together the church, ties together your marriage, ties together your relationship with your family and the people outside the church. How is that going? And then the other one is just very simply, as we look at love and we look at the fruit of the Spirit, you know, one of the big things is, is, you know, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. Is there one of those that we need to work on? I, I, I know everybody's looking at me like, come on, Mike. I know there's stuff for me to work on, okay? I, I've been given that this week already. The Lord kind of showed me on Sunday as I broke my phone again. I broke two phones in 10 days. But it was like the Lord showed me as I was re- reading the scripture for us, for me and Teresa that day, which was in First Peter. It's like, where's your self-control at, bro? Because I was like, man... I, you know, I was just mad at myself. And, and, you know, but where's my self-control? And as I'm sitting here frazzled, where's my self-control? Where's my patience? So, you know, even as, as I, when I give y'all this, trust me, remember what I said at the very beginning with James Dobson. I'm not asking you to go, yeah, you need to work on your self-control. Or you need to work on your peace and your patience and your kindness. I'm asking you to ask God to, in the mirror, you know, just between you and the Lord. What is it, Lord, that you need me to work on? What is it that, that's from this study that, you know, that maybe, maybe love is not really my, not been a strong suit for me. I haven't been loving this year. Or I haven't shown peace this year. Or I, I, I have, I've struggled with uh, self-control. You know, we want to grow in the Lord. And so in order for us to do that, now remember, fruit of the Spirit is going to happen through what? Through the Spirit. So having begun what God has started in you is to walk in the Spirit. And so that's step one. So just do that. You know, ask the Lord to help you, guide you, direct you, and, and to be led by the Spirit. And, and remember, it, fruit doesn't grow overnight. You may have to go through some steps of peace or, or through kindness or self-control. I hope I don't have to drop any more phones to learn self-control. That I can't do that no more. But, you know, even as my body, you know, as we talk about, um, you know, one of the things Chuck talks about is disabilities. Is Even as we have disabilities or things that we struggle with, God still uses us. Because we, we're, we're dependent on who? The Spirit. We're, that's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so that's amazing that we still get to be at church. We still get, and, and Teresa was talking about how the enemy just wants to step in. And as you're tired and you're going, man, I got a headache. Am I going to go to church? And it's like, no, go to church. Come to church because that's the enemy trying to keep you from church. Don't let fear keep you from, from having fellowship, okay? Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.